imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 253 with Brian Lahr. It is the fool's journey, oddly enough. Join the team <laughs> as we celebrate Brian's release of his Wizard of Art deck anniversary edition and, of course, hope to glean some magical insight. Welcome, well met, and thank you for joining us once again, Brian. Oh, it's a real pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm honored and, and happy to spend some time with you guys again. How's everybody doing? I think it's almost been a year since you were on. I know we tried to get you on in June or May, and I was going is, to May. I had pot withdrawn, all cranky, so we decided that was not a good day. Um, you were not in a good space that day, man. But we all have those yeah. days. <laughs> it was a horrible place, probably. I mean, I think I just started going through withdrawal. And I was just like, my my bomb wick was non-existent. It was immediate explosion. Um, but I'm trying to think before that. It's been a while. I mean, I think it's been almost a year. Like I was saying, maybe nine months. It's been it's been a hot minute. Um, something you know we do here on the podcast is to correlate the episode with a major, uh, yeah, major arcana. Um, and in this case, it's two five three, which reduces to ten. But in in my mind, it's going to one zero. Or, you know, ten being one. That's the magician card. Uh, and in this deck, you that, don't uh, say. You don't say, you don't Jim. Say, I know. I know. I think <laughs> maybe last time he was on, that was it too. <laughs> Um, the star man that says i will blow your mind it's the alchemist it's about manifesting your reality ideas being communicated and brought into the physical world with ease you have everything you need to create the world you desire and reconfiguring yourself and liberating in expressive and complex ways Raphael, what angel do you have so as i see my camera just got stuck yeah i can't see you and it's still stuck. <laughs> That's just awesome. So in any case, we have uh, the angel number 67. It is the angel of transformation to the sublime. As yes. Brian very well knows, this angel helps bring comfort against adversity or injustice, promotes longevity, preservation, and consolidation of material goods purchased through labor, influences studies, especially philosophy, mysticism, or religion. This angel <laughs> also masters change. The correlations go. are eight of cups, and the affirmation goes, I put the ordinary things of life behind me and move forward. Main angel quality, at least the ones that, that's written the biggest and takes up the most space, sublimation, archaeology, and joy. Awesome, 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 awesome. So um, I'm so, using yeah, the... the hey, hey, I got the future here. So you had, you had past... Okay. Raphael had present. Well, I haven't pulled that for the episode. Um, oh, you had pulled card. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd pulled that no, no, card. No, no. Nope. Uh, that's just the correlation to the episode number, um, which is 253, reducing down to 10, reducing down to 1. 
Um, for me at least, uh, we can pull. Brian wanted to pull cards. Uh, I guess I had said I would do the past position, Raphael, because I'm a Gemini. Raphael's a Libra. The next air sign he could do present and venture belongs to Aquarians. So, Brian, as an Aquarian, uh, I think, are you a Sun and Moon Aquarius? Hey, am I what? Am I what? Oh no, it's all glitchy. Yeah, it's all like glitchy, man. <laughs> and Rob, I was not even here. I said, are, are, are you a Sun and Moon Aquarius? I, I know you're a Sun Aquarius. I, no, I know you have more I'm, than one thing there. I, I'm a Sag. I'm a Sag Aquarius. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in any event, uh, we'll pull some cards. I, I'll use a Twin Peaks deck. The Magician longs to see, ironically enough, Magician card episode. Um, we do long to see. Uh, so I'll pull a random card. I guess Raphael's coming in and out. Like, I can't tell. Technical, yeah. Mercury retrograde hard on. All these outer planets are retrograde. It is what it is. We'll roll with it until we're told otherwise. Exactly. Um, but I'll pull a card real quick. Um, but while we're kind of doing the cards, Rafa, are you here? I don't impossible. think he's here I hear anymore. you. I just heard this is impossible. Uh, this magician can't find his apprentice. He's, he's made the legs disappear and he doesn't know how. Uh, okay, so he's going to rejoin, I think. But uh, yeah, uh, b- before he comes back, was there anything about the magician card in that 67th angel, of which is your deck? Um, Raphael's using uh, that resonated with where you're at right now. Well, the the whole magician thing. I mean, that's that's exactly what we're going to be talking about the entire night. <laughs> you know, magic and uh, and the and and that also happens to be the first person that the fool meets on his on the fool's journey. Right. And uh, yeah, and in my deck, there's three magicians. There's there's uh, the magus of the body, the magus of the mind, and the magus of the spirit. And they all have really distinct uh, kind of characteristics. And then the angel card is about studying the higher spiritual scenarios. And it's kind of like the same thing. And and I pulled the nine of cups. <laughs> what a great card. You know, it's like eight eight of them are empty and one of them is ready to be filled with your wish. Yeah, it seems like uh, I know that there's pro- I don't know if it's happening right now, um, but there's going to be it probably is because the moon, I think, is in cancer. I forget. I haven't looked today. Um, Neptune's in Pisces and Venus is in Scorpio. There's a grand water trend going on. So we're the emotions are running high. I mean, um, I can't, it's almost bipolar for me. Cause like, like yesterday was a weird day, like a little bit. And then it got good. I got inspired and started watching documentaries about musicians like Leonard Skinner, which was random. Uh, apparently they weren't jamming. They had three guitarists, three, three magicians you were talking about in your deck. They had three guitarists and they weren't improvising much. Like they just, no, sat, they weren't like wrote it all out. I was like, yeah, I was, they did. I, never, I always thought it was like maybe two dudes like the Eagles. No, man, that Freebird solo, they played note for note every time they played that thing. That's nice. It's crazy. I saw those guys before they became famous at Richards in Atlanta. And uh, I I thought they were kind of, I I was like, wow, who are these guys, man? It was random. (laughs) uh, Yeah, right? I like the other band that was there that never went on to do anything. (laughs) You remember what they were called? 
Huh? Do oh, you remember the name, or probably not? Oh, the name, the name of the the name of the other band is called Brother Bait. This guy mm-hmm. named Ronnie Bloom, and they, and they wrote they wrote all these. It was the it was the era of rock operas, and they had written an entire rock opera that was pretty damn good, actually. But man, we're playing in Atlanta, and you know, in the seventies, and all anybody wanted to do is drink some beer, man, play some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like their crowd um, was rather rough around the edges. I mean, especially uh, earlier on, it's not like this. I have nothing against the South. I grew up in Virginia, which is like the most northern, southern area you can be, kind of. Um, capital of the Confederacy or whatever at one point. Um, and yeah, it seems like with the internet and stuff, maybe the edges have gone a little. I don't know. But what I was seeing in this Leonard's kind of things, I was just like, like, you know, moonshine. I have nothing against this. It's just like a culture I can't quite. Get oh with. no, that's 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 the way of life down there, especially where they were from. They were a lot of those guys were from Macon, which is about an hour and a half south of Atlanta. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's that's Almond Brothers country. You know, all those guys came from those little small towns out there. You know, half the half the bands in the '90s came from Athens, Georgia. You know? Yeah. It's weird because I guess, um, I mean, I'd seen a, a documentary on Muscle Shoals, which is this recording studio in Alabama with the Rolling Stones had done stuff. I guess yeah. that's where got kind of like, they were like, oh shit, they were pretty good. And then I guess some manager or some collaborator uh, with Jimi Hendrix who had worked with The Who got them opening for The Who. It's just like a few things popping in the right way get you. Yeah, exactly. That status like that mega status but um all you need is that one that one little switch man boom all of a sudden you go from being just a regular guy to being a rock star man that's pretty crazy it is uh ronnie van zandt it was focusing a lot about him and he's a capricorn sun pisces moon um (laughs) but he was always like getting in fights and shit it's just weird i don't know It, it was cool and helpful but at the same time i was like it was double-edged because on the one hand, I was like, oh, shit, they've got a lot more songs that I like than I remembered. Basically, I was like, oh, they've got a lot of hits. Like, yeah, very they did. Hits. Um, they, they were could, on the radio all the time for a while, man. I like Every them a lot. Single level. Let's put it that way. As far as like 70s bands go, it's like they're, they're pretty good. But the whole like, uh, I guess, you know, just working man drinking, you know, Confederate yeah, flag thing I, I get with. Exactly. Raphael is here. All right. So. After all this Mercury technical gibberish, uh, can you hear us, Raphael? You talk. <laughs> Let's see if we can hear you. We cannot. Yes, you can hear me. Yes, we can, but he's being selective. All right, so what? something that we had done uh, in the green room, you said that you wanted to pull a card for the past, present, and future. I'm the past, and I've got the Hermit card from the Twin Peaks Magician Longs to See deck. Awesome. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a... I don't know if you've seen Twin Peaks, but this is that kind of psycho guy who's like writing everyone's life story, kind of, and then he ends up killing himself because like they take the journal and all sorts of shit. Oh, spoiler alert! I just told you guys some stuff, but uh, very heavy. Um, it feels like we are kind of coming out of a a weird past. I mean, like I had just said uh, earlier, I just finished Lord of the Rings, and it reminds me the Hermit card of um, of Gandalf going to Minas Tirith before the whole ring situation pops, and he's like, I think the ring. This might be a ring of power. Hmm. <laughs> so um, that's the past. You, Raphael, what card do you have for the present? 
you had that yes. angel card. Yes, I'm still. Um, give me one more minute, guys. All give right. Him three steps. Give him three steps. No, I get it. Um. So yeah, we've got the past as the hermit. The future is going to be nine of cups, as uh, we can expound upon. And Raphael is keeping us titillated with the present moment. The Ramdas striptease, the be here now poll. Oh, he's using galactic stuff. I think that's a Zeta Reticula 82 returning the favor. So this card is uh, particularly amazing for many different reasons, but I'll actually just read the part to you. So we get it straight from Lister Royal, the Galactic Heritage cards. In celebration, you know, of your release, we celebrate all the other amazing decks already existing. One of those is this one. And here it's, of course, talking about the alien uh, history. Zeta Reticula returning the favor present. During the darkest time of Zeta history, when many thought their species would be extinct, humans helped them. This immense and selfless gift will never be forgotten. Now that their species has passed through the crises, the Zetas are returning the favor by offering us their wisdom, help, and love in a variety of ways. This is a connection card, which means that you have a connection to the Zeta race and their energy is available to you in this life to tap into on your spiritual path. You have also had at least one lifetime as a Zeta. Open yourself to their energy and prepare for your heart to expand. There we go. Followed by the Nine of Cups. Nice. Wish wow. fulfilled. Yeah, right? I don't know about you, but I, I have a particular fondness for uh, the Nines right before the Tens, like the Nine of Cups and the Nine of Pentacles specifically, because there's already goodness starting to show up. But there's like still this anticipation. It's, it's like Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day, you know. It's like once the tens, once the tens there, it's all completed and everything's finished, and it's like it's time to go back to the Ace again, you know. But with the Nine of Cups and 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 the Nine of Pentacles, I love that card too because there's just this anticipation and expectation of super goodness. And uh, those those cards are always really encouraging to me. I agree. Um, so let's kind of catch up. I mean, it's been a hot minute. Uh, you've been working on the reissue of your deck. Is that right? Well, um, actually, you know, the last time we got together, I was bemoaning the fact that uh, my printing costs had gone up so much. And, I, you know, I was out of decks. I still have a couple of people that... Uh, you know, I've been waiting like three or four months now to get the decks, but they're going to be very happy when they get the, the new ones. So um, through my weird, uh, I don't know, have we talked about the creepy baby scenario at all? No. But I, I, did a, I, did, I did a graphic novel series. There's 13 graphic novels. It's called Creepy Baby Taxi, and, and it's... Uh, <laughs> I used to do all these novelty toys for this company and, and I left them out in the garden and it got all grunged up and creepy looking and, and I started light painting them and then it just hooked me and I started telling a story and then it grew from one little single, you know, three or four page thing to like a whole concept. And, and he's, it's, it's a whole band of, um, discarded stuff like 
the novelty toys and a, a mannequin I found on the on the garbage heap and these old plastic skulls I had for a photo shoot and they've all become characters and become alive in this alternate interdimensional universe and they all have magical powers and it's really cool so um I decided I was going to go pitch the uh, I was going to go pitch the guys that made the toys um, the idea of give you know first of all giving me permission to use the freaking toys <laughs> since they're co they're copyrighted things and then um, you know to hopefully uh, you know get them involved and and be part of the marketing and and it's a it's a a shoe and no brainer for them I mean the toys are already made. All they have to do is, you know, paint them a little differently or screw them up and voila, you got a creepy baby collection. So it made a lot of sense. And I went up and pitched it That's to them. Like, like, you know, they're like, we make baby dolls. And you're like, why don't we do a distorted version? That's kind of what you're saying? Um, they they don't make just baby dolls. They make all cut like screaming chickens and like there's a whole range of novelty toys that they yeah. sell to Walmart and Walgreens and that kind of crap. What they say? So, huh? Say again? What, what, what did they say? Like, I mean, you hit them up. And so like so I went and pitched him, and and uh, he really didn't pay all that much. He was distracted and some other shit. And but I left that meeting with permission to use the toys. And then nice. about about a month or so later, he calls me up and says, "Dude, I took a look at that thing, and that's kind of over the top. Let's come on up. And let's talk." So I went up there and and. Uh, we wound up striking up a deal to do the toys and release uh, release some of the graphic novels and get the whole creepy baby thing happening. And it bloomed into uh, games and apps and all kinds of other shit. Uh, amongst them, uh, my decks, which I have a character, creepy baby's sister, Little Pink, is like uh, a universal master card reader and she uses what else wizard of odd tarot tag <laughs> so so um i decided that it was time to like get it out there he he told me to give me a little help if i needed to um i'm i'm uh and and I put together like the t a tenth anniversary. It's ten years since I did that deck, tenth anniversary. So um, man, I've got a really badass box, a hard case box. It's all encrusted with gold uh, leaf and silver leaf on the angel one, and and uh, like uh, the booklets, they're little hundred page perfect bound little booklets. And dude, it just finally after 10 years of imagining seeing it the way you know it should really be done the way i imagined it to begin with and and uh it looks like that's coming to fruition and i'm gonna launch the indiegogo thing uh next week and and uh kevin will help me make up whatever doesn't come in from that so um sure. i've got some friends who might be into that uh you've got to hit up like weird novelty toy shop like i'm i don't know about like uh if uh what is it called there's something in the malt spencers and things like that they might be down with it but i'm thinking like la and 
Louisiana and a few other places would be, I mean, like New Orleans. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about like, you know, every city's aesthetic, but I feel like that could go a long way in certain cities where they have a subculture that's more into uh, bizarre, kitschy things or whatever. Well, the, um, the creepy baby thing is already getting some pretty good response. And uh, I sent it out to some literary agents, uh, a whole little blast of literary agents and got a couple of uh, got a couple of uh, interest letters back and we'll see where that goes. You know, it's always it, it would be really great to get it published by a, uh, a large house somewhere, although that comes with its own crap too man yeah <laughs> you know so yeah. we'll see it's it's a it's a it's a it's one of those times in life where i've been living on the dual edge sword for a very long time one edge of the sword is everything i've ever dreamed of and worked for and really tried to make happen and on the other edge of the sword it's absolute total complete destruction <laughs> <laughs> Huh? Say again. No half-assing no half it. I, I mean, that, I think it's it. That seems relatively true of, of everybody right now. But I can see it manifesting quite clearly in your reality. Um, hopefully, you're not like close to destruction. When you say that, what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's like the world stuff, like yeah. taxes and finances, and like man, the business, uh, like. You know, I did a ritual uh, about eight months ago. It's after, right after I started the graphic novel thing. I was like, you know, this whole like thing of trying to be a director and a designer and all that, like that, it's dead. You can't make any money doing, supplying other people with creative services anymore because you've got Fiverr and 50 other people out there looking to do it for next to nothing. So it's like, man, it's been, I've known it was dead for a long time, but that's the way I've made my living, my, the entirety of my adult life. And letting go of that was, I didn't really realize it, but I was scared to death to do that. And I just said, fuck it. And I like, I did the Eon card, man. I've like blew the trumpet. I called up all the corpses. I blessed everybody. I said, thanks. That was a great life. I learned some really amazing stuff and it's over now. And I have a new life and I completely committed all of my energy to being uh, an artist, uh, making magic art <laughs> and doing the art of magic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and since that happened, since I did that really specific ritual and blasted that out to the universe, it's like it opened up channels in so many ways. And all these things have taken place. Like, you know, it's it's okay to say, hey, let's release a 10th anniversary, two decks, two manuals, two boxes. Yeah. Well, that's all well and good, but especially since the manuals aren't done, the one that is done is huge, it's 360 pages, you know, it's like, okay, go to work. So it was like five weeks of 20 hours a day, every single day, writing and rewriting and editing and like getting all of that together and putting it. So now it's like ready, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's at the edge of actually being materialized.
realized. And that's sort of the entrance fee, you know? If I wasn't willing to do that, then keep wishing, white boy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say Sometimes you gotta pay to play. I mean- it, you, you always can, have right? to pay to play. Nothing <laughs> is for free, man. One way or the other, one way or the other, sooner or later, you always go, man, I, I don't know an exception in my life. Not mm. one. I've thought about that a lot too, actually. It's like, there's gotta be an exception to that, but no, it's like, Although, everything, well, maybe stuff that doesn't matter to you very much at all. You know, maybe you might get a few of those for free, but anything that's like deep or something that's like, one of, one of your life purpose things, those things have always, you know, extracted, you, you have to put in effort to get to the next level. You know? It's like the magician card, right? I mean, yeah, if you want exactly. to have the magic, you've got to do certain things and have certain perspectives. Exactly. I have to ask, <laughs> because we had recently discussed this, Brian, didn't you also say that you in some way or some senses did kind of a shift in approaching the whole thing? Well, yeah, but that's more from an executional standpoint because when I was doing my constructs, um, I would do them with incredible specificity. Like each one of the little sigils would be a specific function and there would be redundancy and like it was, it was, and what I was doing was limiting the possibility of the universe finding a, a better way of going about the end result than I had come up with. So I was like throwing a wrench into it and making it less, you know, the universe is all about being ergonomic and expedient and the, the quickest way to the end result which sometimes you know, most of the time you don't. So I, I have gotten a lot better at not being so rigid in my uh, instructions and exactly how I want it to happen and am very clear and super focused with a lot of energy about what I want the end result to be you know, and where that goes and, and to leave that open as well for something better, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that is working out a lot, a lot better. And things are flowing in ways where you don't even need to do the, uh, the construct part of it. You know, once that original one is sort of going and keeps spinning, everything just sort of relates back to that. And, flows in its way, you know, and it's never a straight line, you know, it's a t the, the, the catchphrase for this period in my life, the last couple of years is be like water, you know, flow, adapt, change shape, temperature, whatever you are at the moment, keep flowing and keep moving through, you know, in, in whatever the path of least resistance is. You know, and if you're, you know, so that's always, I think that'll be an ongoing uh, uh, lesson for me, for sure. But a good one. You're so, you're and so you influence, I have to say, Raphael, you influence me a lot in 
considering that because that was not the way that was not the way I was taught and that was not kind of my natural personality it's the bull in the china shop you know did so, I know well that is great uh, you know accolade in a sense and I'm just pointing it out because in a way of course I agree there is always you know to receive a certain result you need to set a certain frequency so in this sense you could say it's pay to play what you put out is what you get back that's a metaphysical core principle however then I would suggest and potentially now you would agree that it it's still a great difference in terms of just like you said how open you allow yourself to be in terms of outcome and uh, also how much resistance you put up and then something that before may have been a very tedious process and taken forever or not manifested at all may then come about in unexpected ways and actually you know just less resistance along the path which of course always is an individual choice of how we approach the process you know you know what a really um huge contributing factor to things running a little better for me too has been uh it's about six months now that i did the quietus to bitching I don't sit on the phone and bitch with people, to people. I don't sit and listen to them bitching. It's like, it's a bitch free zone, you know, because I realized there were some really difficult times, some really scary financial times during that time where, wow, man, I, you know, I wanted to go to panic mode and be in, oh, this is horrible and get on the phone with my friends and, Oh man, yeah, life and yeah. and I, and I realized, man, how much energy I was spewing out in those fronts during the day, and how could that possibly attract anything else but more of that? So I started doing effects when I was in a really bad place. I was depressed. I mean, sometimes you can't, you can't get out of it instantaneously but if your desire is to move out of that space because you know that it's just attracting more and is harming you you know then what's the answer to that well you exercise your choice and it really is your choice how you choose to view things and where you focus your attention on and what you choose to, to chew on constantly and what those you know if you're in a bad place or you want to be in a bad place and you kind of move yourself artificially to just know I'm not going to do that I'm not going to think that you know and you keep breaking that cycle of circle thinking and and going to that place reflexively because for me that's I would go there all the time, man. You know, it's like, and then my pull out my aquarium. Let's think about it like incessantly until I'm exhausted. You know, and it's like, man, it's such a not useful use of the energy. Or if you're trying to actually accomplish something, sitting there bitching and, and complaining and worrying and fretting that it's not going to happen. Oh man, it's just ensuring it doesn't. I mean, there's no other way. If you're looking at it from an energetic standpoint, not an intellectual standpoint, if you're spewing out energy that's like everything sucks and you're going down the tubes, then the universe really has no other 
recourse but to reflect that back and give you more of what you're asking for man and that realization has taken me all of my life to get to but what a relief <laughs> and after you practice for a little while just like anything else affects anything once you nail it and you practice through the time where it's difficult to do and and all of a sudden it's not anymore it's easy to do just like talking is easy to do you don't think about those muscles they just do it then you get to the space where you can change that vibe a lot you know and my third band my third band exercises that we were talking about earlier jim really instrumental in helping me get in that process and and reap some benefit from that process as well so anyway i got off on a ramble any any uh any anything well i'm wondering the shadow of the magician at least not in terms of tarot but in terms of like stage magicians is like um causing you to be distracted in a way to pay attention to certain things so i think our egos are like that where it's like exactly self that's like i want to know how this works and we've got to learn how to distract it you know so it doesn't see the trick or whatever well um, that's why i did the red book and a whole bunch of other exercises relating specifically to my shadow work Carl Young? and and oh love well the red book is especially i did my own yeah i did my own oh. version of that i read that book three times and like man it was like completely moved and understood his logic in going there although he you know his background his stuff that came up from his subconscious was based on his experience and the time he lived so you don't really you know relate to those things specifically but the way that happened and that journey that he went through to face all of the things that are in there that you don't want to address down to like you know go and talk to the devil make peace and understand that part is never going away it's part of the choice and part of the fabric of all of us you know you know every, in every one of us there's a genocidal serial killer and the most holy devout angelic person in the world and there's every option in between you know and it really is our choice on where we go to select where we're going to function you know what part of the spectrum are we going to be in i've i've visited a number of them <laughs> oh but yeah rafael what do you think about um because I think we've talked about in terms of like uh, Emerald Tablets kind of traveler things where it seems to all be kind of moving towards a positive polarity, even if people choose to do other things. Uh, because I'm not all love and light, but I'm at, you know, I'm at a point where I think it seems at least at the collective level, we're starting to make really distinct decisions in terms of where we would prefer our species to go <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your opinion, Raphael, in terms of like um, choice within bandwidth, like he was saying, uh, versus maybe like, I don't know, Gandalf probably couldn't have been 
I just read Lord of the Rings. It's like, I guess Galadriel could have taken the ring. And she's like, oh, I passed the test. But it's like, that's the point. She didn't submit to that bandwidth. So how do we look at bandwidths non-judgmentally while still having an appraisal value in terms of like spectrum, like, you know, negative and positive polarity, I guess you could say. Um, does anything I just said make sense? I'm, it's definitely Mercury retrograde. I woke up at five. I, I would love, I would love a little uh, ex, uh, expansion on exactly what you mean by bandwidth. Um. Well, you were just saying that uh, there's. Many, uh, it's like a choose your own adventure. So you can be the rogue, or you can be the you know the bishop, you know the knight, or whatever. All these like, like random kind of archetypal energies. Um, that is kind of what the magician's doing. Like, look, there's water, there's fire, there's earth, there's there's swords, and they're all kind of playing together. Uh, and it's not so much a judgment in terms of like I I, I under, how would I put it? Like Judas is necessary, if that makes sense. So it's like I'm not yes. even like judging. Um, like, oh, you know, he's the son of perdition. This is bad. Like from a, from a purely, from a specific poll, you'll see the other poll is antithetical or whatever. But if you pull back enough, you'll be like, it's all necessary for the drama. I guess I'm kind of just wondering how you guys, um, play with those bandwidths without getting, um, Sauron style, Saruman style. I mean, uh, cause I, that tends to be what I, I'm like, Oh, I'll just smoke a little weed. And it's like, Nope, I just burnt out for fucking three months. And you know, it's like, I, I don't have self-control. So I'm wondering how in terms of magic or any of the other stuff you guys, uh, exhibit wisdom while not judging yourself, but while also simultaneously trying probably to, you know, exploring without, um, damaging yourself or however you want to put this. Cause I think some knowledge and bandwidths or, you know, frequencies like, might titillate but they probably cause more damage than not They're like high that's really true and i visited a whole bunch of those <laughs> right so tell us i guess a little about that or you know your discernment process like it might just be in your cards so to speak to like I mean, i'm a gemini so i'll play with a lot of ideas whereas somebody who's like a virgo might be like i want the perfect idea or something you know like that kind of thing um how have you negotiated those uh spectrums of domain i guess well, I yeah, going my, my my journey was, you know, I visited the the lower end of the spectrum through serious addiction and all of the <laughs> resplendent effects that that has on on your life and and uh, you know you visit all the dark places. You know, I was a I was a cocaine fiend. And for about five or six years, man, I, and that the person that I became then bear, bore like, little, there wasn't much of the person that in there that was me. It was a person that was cocaine then. And, and it was loathsome. And I made really horrible choices. And, you know, and, and I look back on that and, you know, it's like, the whole judgmental thing that's happening right now, you know, I, I am not equipped to judge anybody for anything that they do, nor is anyone equipped to judge me. And if we just kept the, the judge eye on our own behavior to the point that you identify faulty behavior or things that you would like to do differently and use that experience as a learning, a learning uh, space and, and teaching you new methodology to try, you know, then those things become 
valuable and you know it's nice to have gone and visited my shadow side but do i want to live there and be in that space all the time no and it's kind of the same way with that i think and i i think i think the gestalt of the times has a significant fact uh factor on uh large crowd behavior and themes of the moment you know i've seen so many of them through the course of my life now where it's like it's just like this tidal wave that washes over everybody and they're like mass hysteria yeah well it mass obsession more than hysteria i think although i think this one would qualify for hysteria but there it was like they would be obsessed with a point of view for a while and like all of a sudden that would go away and when the when the the popular uh consciousness changed significantly then like all of a sudden things for you personally change as well too I, I've ridden a lot of those waves, and uh, it's all—it's all the learning curve, man. It's all building our individual universes in there. Every thought, every action, every word, everything you've ever thought of in your own sphere—you were the singularity that started an entire universe. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. And no one is ever going to be in the same, you know, like we could have shared experiences, but you sense things differently than me. We see, hear, think about things, process stuff differently. And, you know, the things that, that you're building in your universe, I can touch through you and you're communicating those to me but i'll never be able to actually experience that so in your universe in my universe i'm god you're god boom you know it, it this sort of came about as a as a conversation based off of the um the whole premise that we're a video game that it's all a simulation and you know i and it, and it rode back to like the initial separation of potential to itself outside itself considering itself and as that happened every every consideration every thought winds up being spewed out again as singularities and creating their own universes and until it's just in this infinite number of actual universes which just amazes and astounds me i could think about that forever are you teleological do you think this is going somewhere i mean when you said you did the card new deck on the fool's journey that implies archetypally that there's like a starting point a finish it repeats like a spiral maybe but like do you see where you're at or where, where the world is at however you want to relate to that um in terms of a teleology like I mean, I'm not trying to get like doomsday or anything like that. I'm just kind of like, it feels like the nature of time and nature of being human is changing very quickly. Um, and I'm I'd sure, agree. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people, you know, uh, in the 1800s felt that way compared to the, you know, 50, it's always relative in that sense, but it, it feels is. Like the, the amount of change, uh, Moore's law kind of thing is happening so quick that we're hitting that kind of uh, singularity, potentially eventually in a, uh, 
you know, Kurtzwilean kind of way. Um, where do you see this going? I mean, at best, sometimes there's a, uh, an anime I just rewatched, but we've done an episode on which Raphael had seen as a kid and it fucked his head up called Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Um, the movie's gnarly. <laughs> uh, the show is good, but the, like it's like 26 episodes or something like that in the movie. Um, yeah, just don't event, watch the movie first like I did. I don't to watch that first. It's just people dying, fucking hardcore. I mean, Jim, Jim would explain it anyways, but uh, simply put, it's like, a, you know, a, like Jim always says, Kabbalistic apotheosis uh, in an anime. And uh, also actually with official... Um, recognition of like let's say psychology and so on during the whole series but especially like the last two episodes are basically like a mind trip where the protagonist is deciding whether or not he wants to dissolve his individuality or whether he wants to retain it and uh, I mean if you watch it as like I did 15 years old and you're not exactly on top of all the spiritual concepts you're like this is pretty creepy like you know this is like you know consciousness shattering stuff but also it is officially recognized that partly this has been so gnarly because supposedly the main director or whatever actually had a depression during productions as well. And one could easily, you know, <laughs> in a way sense that it's really dark, but also Neon Genesis Evangelion released in 97 originally, I think is one of the like ultra hype pop culture anime if there ever is one. I don't so, know how uh, I got through. It's just so heady that it's like this isn't. It's it's mature, so it's not for kids. It's definitely like in the early '90s or late '90s. I would go into movie stores and it'd be like a you know an anime. It's like not for kids. This is like that's one of these kind of shows. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, basically Hyros Gamos, kind of like you know the divine wedding of everybody and everything. And it's weird because at the end, I guess I mean, we don't have to talk about the show much, but the I it's a crux point it's like lilith and adam and they're doing this weird thing and they have a choice are we going to go this way or that way and it's very up in the air in a sense even though it seems like um full steam ahead which is kind of how right now it feels to me it's like it seems like very um almost like mc escher's metamorphose or something it's like it's a very logical progression as to why we're where we're at like i'm not like surprised it's not you know i'm like oh yes uh, forces playing games over time. This is how it looks. Eventually, you get to this kind of uh, end of the chessboard game, but I'm—I don't know what that means. It, I don't know if, um, like, if you saw the anime, you kind of know. Like every other day, not now so much, but like in the past few months, I've been like, like almost not expecting, but almost half like expecting this kind of fourth wall breakage, where it's just like, oh shit, we are, you know, us intellectualizing. We're you know, simulacra in a simulation or whatever the heck, you know, and kind of playing that avatar mind game, like ready player one kind of thing. That's fine and good in an intellectual way, but it's, it, if the wall starts breaking, which psychedelics can do or magic, and as you know, um, it changes the, <laughs> the apprehension of that fact, I guess you could say it's like experienced as opposed to just like noted. Um, it's like, you know, imbibed I'm rambling, but uh, where I forgot even what my question was. Cause now we've got off of this anime. Um, how my original thing was like, how do you not like turn into a Saruman who gets uh, like Coke is a good example. I mean, I hate that drug. I, that's one drug where I was, I was like, I want more, but I don't know why. <laughs> like it was just a pure chase. You know, I was such a fiend, dude. If there was a single line left, I would, I would be, and I'd be starting at like one o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm just going to have one more line and then I'm going to go to bed, man. It'd be like the fucking sun coming up and like, yeah. I mean, it was bad, but I, I learned a lot about myself through that time that I wouldn't have 
gleaned any other way. Yeah, you know? yeah. I feel you there. Um, and in that sense, it has value, but I'm, but like you said, you wouldn't prefer it. So that gets kind of into the Bashar modality where it's like, what are your preferences? So I don't, it seems like it's hard for people to tell people. I don't know how to tell myself or other people how to live these days. I mean, the South node is in Sagittarius. So it feels like we need to be North nodes in Gemini with Lilith right now. So we're like mentally afraid, but we should be expanding our minds into like, you know, Oh, maybe every option is an option. And uh, you kind of see it socially. Like it's birth pain. I mean, even with civil rights, um, you know, gay rights, whatever, like, like fringe groups are kind of getting their voice, but then it's almost like the pendulum is swinging hard, so hard that they're like reactionary against the old culture. And they're, it's almost like a red, rev, you know, like a Maoist thing where they're like, fuck everything before now. Like, you know, um, like in Richmond where I grew up, they've torn down all the statues, I know. which on the one hand I can see as a symbol, but at the same time, it's like, it takes a very small mind to be stuck on the symbol at that level. Yeah, you're exactly right. So you can pull back and have a historical context of like that actually happened. We're not honoring it or just remembering it in a sense. Exactly. Uh, anyway, I, I rambled all over the place, uh, but yeah, it seems the, the tricky part of being the magician is, is you got, I mean, just like in uh twin peaks, you've got two lodges, the black lodge and the white lodge, and you're playing with lodges. And I think in a sense, we can be very postmodern and relativistic and say all lodges are lodges. It's okay. But this, at the same time, you yourself even stated, like, I don't prefer some of these spaces. And that's your preference stating from yourself as opposed to, like, a proselytization or something. You know, you're not saying that's a bad lodge, that's a good lodge. I'm wondering how we can guide others without being... You know, I don't... Domineering. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think I'm in any position to guide anybody but me. You know, and I think I think that I think that I think the best way that I have I've taught for many, many years and and I enjoy sharing information. But I have found over the last 15, 20 years that the best way to communicate to someone um, your point of view on a productive way of living is to actually live that. And, and live it to the point that you're that. And when you achieve that zone, the emanation of energy that happens from you is undeniable because you're living your authentic truth. You're concerned about your own elevation. You take a daily inventory on the way you uh, did things and and look for ways of improvement and, and doing it better the next day. And that's a glorious space. It really is. And, and I found that like, like with losing weight, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really preach to anybody about losing weight until after I lost it. I was an obnoxious asshole. But during that time, it was about, you know, you just walk up to somebody and all of a sudden you weigh 80 pounds less than the last time they saw you. And they go, holy <laughs> crap, man. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? I see a and then, What's the magic? And, and, then they, and then they see that stick around. That's now been like 13 years ago, you know? So when uh, so many of my contemporaries look like they're about to drop over and are dropping over, and they just, you know, they haven't taken care of themselves. They haven't done things they could do to feed their machine and make it run at, at peak efficiency. And, 
you know, and now, and now it's like, well, okay, that's the choice you had to make, you know, but, kind of like you, pitiful situation. but, but people we, notice that and then ask because they saw you doing something that they wanted to do. You know, if you're just telling somebody, bro, you need to lose weight, you know how far that's going to get? Right. Right. Yeah. And it you seems know, like but, we've kind of hit the end of the rope with people telling people what they should do without exemplifying it. Like the hypocrisy kind of hit, you know, William so over it, I could throw up blood, yeah. honestly. Go government. <laughs> well, no, that's kind of where I'm getting, because it feels like, um, I don't know if you've seen Doctor Strange, but in terms of all interchange magician card. Love episode, Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah, it's great. And the sequel should be dope. I don't know when it's dropping, but the whole, um, that um, well, he's not African-American, but he's African-British, I guess. Uh, the black dude, I forget his name. That uh, he's like starts with uh, an M. What's that? Uh, uh, he's a good guy, but then at the end, he's like the yeah, you no, know, I, this I, is, I, yeah, I know who you you're know, talking about. He's saying there's like too many wizards, and in a sense, it feels like that's kind of where we're hitting, where it's like there's a there's a we're all very powerful, but we've all been so programmed over many generations through so many ways that like it feels how do I put it? That's why I'm trying to figure out how to uh, how to bring up points without being proselytizing because i don't know the fuck i mean I'm, i'll be the first to admit like i have no the fucking clue what's going on but at the same time it seems like we all hope for what you know peace and health and you know like positive things i mean we could be very um jaded i guess and be like fuck it all like everybody do it thou wilt and to to a negative polarity where it's just like oh, why don't we all just do coke sure like you know like that kind of vibe um but what the line in that movie is like um his epiphany i guess you could say when he decides to snap he's like there's just too many wizards and too many people exercising their will on the dream in a weird way um i'm not saying that's the case but how do you feel about people i mean clearly people are powerful but they're being led by things like whatever beliefs or programs or whatever um that they're not necessarily aware of myself included how do we snap out of that while appreciating that that we chose to to experience that like, it seems like we're all we're all here right now doing this thing. So whether it's Jeffrey Epstein Islands or whatever, it's like, well, it's here. It's happening. We can't deny it. So, like, turning away is, like, naive. Um, though maybe we've been doing that for a long time. You know, like, it's happening. Everyone's like, well, let's just get stoned. You know, let's just let's go to Woodstock. Let's just let's just distract ourselves elsewise. Um, and, and it feels like the world at this point is so... I don't even know. It feels like right before like the Empire takes hold in Star Wars or something. That's just how it's like, what is going on? Like there's not a full-on rebellion versus the Empire, but you could see like a Dolores Cannon kind of split happening, or at least I can sense it with my friends and stuff. Um, there's vaccines or whatever. Where decisions are being made that matter, but it's hard to have a position to stand on in that postmodern kind of flotsam and jetsam everything's all relative mode to be able to like on the one hand, you could be like, "Hey, you do it like a libertarian kind of position." It's like, you want to do that with your body? That's cool. I'm not going to do that with my body. But then it starts getting into like politic of, I don't even know. I'm just rambling. It's 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 a weird time. I guess it's a time to not be paying attention to the news, which I don't do much, but it still comes through. Uh, Turn it off. Really. Well, I, it's on Turn it off. Big, big. <laughs> Turn um, it off. It's direct. At a level, but how uh, how do you reconcile that with um, the magician longing to see, wanting to know, getting into that third band and like trying to experience things 
without that emotion. Because you need to tune in your own news station and be able to go out and look in the astral yourself and not rely on the TV news to tell you what the fuck is going on in the world. Because then you know you're, you're getting information that's real information. And then you can make decisions based on real information rather than somebody's programmed spin on trying to make you think a certain way. Not relying on the machine trained dark mirror, black mirror, LCD it's gone interface. Now. There's nothing there that's yeah. real. It's all <laughs> fucking manipulation. The population is consumed by that that hypnosis to the degree where it does affect us. Does that make sense? It's like I can't avoid like I can't go into public without dealing with this COVID situation general. I mean, I don't have to wear a mask or get a vaccination. That's a personal prerogative. But at the same time, I'm and I'm getting on a chessboard that's got situations going on because of these other things. Does that make sense? So as much as I want to like sit in my Isengard and do my own thing <laughs> or whatever, um, the Middle Earth still happens. So um, Yeah, but it's going to happen regardless of what you're doing. You're not affecting it in the least. Much less so, especially up in the middle. Yeah, of the you're you're not affecting it at all. Neither am I. You know, the only thing you can affect is you, and and when you get to that like realization, like for real, oh man, you'll be so happy because you you. We're we're not we're not affecting that that crowd control at all and there are too many outside forces I last time you came on was in november because it was during the elections and i was like what the fuck is going on uh, <laughs> same, same as it ever was it's, it's not elections now so much as you know whatever life um no it's good i guess that maybe it's my ego i'm not sure but there's always a part of me that's like if you choose not to look at things they like they could still affect you how would i put it hmm um, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. There's a wishful, I'm saying a wishful, there's an optimistic. You should look at things, but you should look at things with the right eyes. Yeah, that's probably what Because otherwise yeah. you're going to be getting information that's not things, it's programming. An emotional reaction. And if you yeah. think you're connected and it, and and if you, and if it's even a problem to think about letting go of that, they have you. Mm. They have you. You're hooked to it. Ditch it, even if it's just for a couple weeks. Dis fucking connect. Because there's nothing good there. There's no good information it's there. Shadow of the information age because i was like as a gemini i'm like i want to like, hear about everything I, tell me yes tell me about lorian yeah but we're everything. in the bullshit age we're not in the information age we're in the bullshit age we're in lies <laughs> and 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 mass media manipulation trying to achieve a larger goal of crowd control so how and, can we experience that without having a polarization or is that justified I mean, at some point, Gandalf's like, so it's a bad situation. We got to go deal with this. It's not just like, Sauron is Sauron, and I'm Gandalf, and we're just oming, and we're all here. It's like there's, in order to have the journey of the fool, you have to have tension and release, I guess. And it seems we're in a very tense place. <laughs> it will release it. Someday. Well, we're in the tower right now. <laughs> yeah. 
it's all getting blown up. Everything that, um, and that's part of the plan of some of the uh, powers that be that are moving, trying to move everything towards this global, centralized, uh, communist yeah. fucking world, man. You know, yeah. and there's factions that are going to fight that with every single ounce of energy and ability at their at their disposal. You know, Rock, actually, I, I think. Go ahead, though. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, say what you want to say, Jim. It seems like like Orion stories. I mean, we don't have to go off on this tangent if Brian doesn't dig it, and I haven't really thought about it much. But it's like Orion's in certain systems, I guess you could say, execute realities through certain parameters, like control, fear, whatever. Um, what, what I mean, you pulled a gray card, and it said, you know, lending a helping hand. I think, in a sense, it's weird because, on the one hand, I, I mean, I get intellectually that we're the ones who have to help ourselves, but it still feels like I'm mythically set up to expect something to come in and break the wall. Kind of like Helm's Deep. It's like, holy shit, this is crazy. It's like, oh shit, Gandalf's coming with the horses. Yay! We're saved. Um, of course. I mean, I mean in, but in a way, I would say it's very much true, but the, the only joke is that you are Gandalf on the horse. Sure and, and, and the battlefield, however, primarily is not really something external to yourself, but it's you with literally within your own mind and your own belief systems. Exactly. And that where I would, you know, I partially agree uh, or in one version agree with Brian in terms of we have no effect, at least not on that control structure part to a large extent, let's say, although even I have even I have heard a story, if you want to hear a funny story, affecting the control structure. So an individual I met uh, basically told me that because of their, um, let's say, non-violence, non-compliance to certain registration rules in regards to the whole pandemic, uh, at least in one particular county or whatever, um, the law got changed or the regulation got tightened because um, because they realized you know there was some connection and uh, they wanted to patch that up. So at least in terms of tightening the grip, I know someone individually who had, in a sense, an effect on it. Uh, however, it also seems that it's of course a certain you know ideology, a certain modality that as it is, as long as it exists, I'm not sure how much it can be affected. This can also be noted by the fact that most of those individuals or that ideology actually are unwilling to engage in open communication. Exactly. Not even talking about honest, but even just open communication. And that's right. very interesting and also very sad because generally one would say, you know, one thing that goes around is uh, hell is the absence of logic, you know? So in a sense, we're in hell because otherwise I'd always be, well, you know, let's just talk about it openly and find out, you know, what is the best solution for everyone. But if you have one party or ideology that's literally unwilling to communicate, it's kind of difficult to positively affect them. So there I would agree. And even again with Brian, what you really affect is yourself. But this then ultimately, eventually is also manifested within the outside. Once you really, you know, have your exactly. conviction and act accordingly, then there is also the strange mechanism of how it actually then manifests and eventually may even supplant or in some senses remove the control, control structure in the version we know today, which anyhow is the plan. But the big question would be, and also for you, Brian, how you would approach this because it is known by now, I would say, that certain forces want the deliberate destruction of, let's say, nation states and previously highly esteemed offices, which probably 
mostly were rotten for a long time anyhow. But of course, what the control structure wants is they want to show you, oh, it's so bad. So why don't you take our hand, you know, and join the new world order, basically? I mean, by now, many politicians have yeah. said it, so it's not conspiratorial anymore to utter these words. Um, and how to, you know, find the right, uh, how you call it, when the train tracks split, you know, how to set the right setting that I'm not going along the train ride where they truly lead you down hell, which is by now as apparent as it could be. And how to use that energy to, you know, fuel yourself and awaken more maybe to be actually able to make your own train tracks or at the very least, you know, make the setting. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you go the positive polarity already within this life because I can also say just in terms of feeling and of course now many individuals in a sense, rightfully so, have some paranoia, think about moving, don't know where, because you, you can't hide anywhere from the eye of Sauron, you know? And it is the eye of Sauron. It's Or it is what they now want to perfect. And if that happens, then there is no safe place on the earth. Um, but then what would you say, how to act now, what to do, how not to be afraid so that it doesn't even come to that, but that the attempt of truly building that eye of Sauron is recognized and is used as a fuel for positive change, you know, as even in Manly Palmer Hall, you know, the negativity and uh, Lucifer and so on actually are forces for good because they show you the other side, which then you can recognize you simply do not prefer. So how would you say, Brian, to kind of, you know, not fall for the tricks, you know, but that we can really build a new system because I think as dire as it seems, we have never been in a better position to actually do that and really shed off these ultra parasitical forces, which ultimately means, you know, reforming our own minds. So we do not allow ourselves anymore to be so easily mind controlled and uh, lied to basically. Well, I think as you increase your and elevate your own vibration, um, you know, that, especially when it's consistent, um, you attract other people that are of that vibration as well. And as your choices, I think it goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago. You know, it, it is your choice on which way to roll, you know, and which way you, you want to go. You know, I don't know that there's any ultimate truth. You know, I think there's a lot of a lot of truths, you know, that are out there to be discovered, you know, but it takes, it takes some energy to get there and it takes the choice to want to get there. And I think that creating and, and, and choosing to be, um, choosing to clean up your own environment so that the energy that you're spewing out is pristine, um, I, I've seen the effect that actually has, you know, it's not like anybody is, oh, I'm going to go, you know, they're marching or on a cause to like attack some specific thing. But the, uh, the cohesiveness of groups of people in that energetic sphere that want to move things to the good, you know, honestly, there could be miracles just around the corner as much as there are disasters. You know, I've seen that happen a few times too. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't really expecting anything, but like 
a year ago, I was a lot more afraid. I was like, what's going on? And now I'm just like, this is stupid. I don't want to play this game. That's, I mean, it's a little different. They I'm wanted like, you to yeah. be afraid, bro. That's exactly the whole point. That was right. the whole gig of taking this thing and, and blowing it up into uh, a manipulation club. And they played it expertly, actually. And still, well, no, not really anymore. It's kind of crumbling right now and i'm really enjoying watching that happen and i'm enjoying watching a bunch of the woke people eat each other too man that's just and that's that's the point where i want to get to though because as far as i understand the idea that this would eventually collapse already was uh, in the plan let's say itself so now my question is how can we use the positive momentum or the recognition energy that has been released because of this you know attack against humanity basically um, to not keep following their script, but actually start writing our own. And maybe we don't have to, you know, put down the perfect plan now, but oftentimes people talk about, you know, we need the majority for this vote or that and blah and blah. And what I always like, and at least in my, you know, feeling or whatever, it perfectly resonates, the idea that you can have, let's say, a thousand black magicians and they would maybe have a chance against one white magician hardly against two and certainly not against three what i want to illustrate by that is that the positive energy simply in itself has you know a much higher potency and potentiation than negatively polarized energy of you know control and fear can ever have and i'm wondering kind of brian if you ever experienced something akin to that just maybe to those that may also understandably feel somewhat desperate or confused or whatever give them some hope because as far as i understand even in systems theory and sociology and so on you maybe need three to five percent uh, of a population to have a certain recognition and certain actions that the others if it stands with the truth or the positivity or love or however uh, will follow suit and i'm wondering if you ever experienced anything along those lines magically that's, that's, that's well um I, yeah, I, you know, that's that's the crux of the whole um, journey of elevating your energy. And and this thing I keep talking about, of like the energy that you emanate, you know, has really significant effect on the people around you. And and as they are affected, bigger pot, people around them. And as they are affected, people around them, that's not something that happens overnight, but that's something that happens relentlessly. And it's also part of the larger picture of the swinging pendulum, man. You know, it's like political views or social views, you know, they're way extreme over here. You know, you had this, I grew up in the sixties. You know, so you you had some just really crazy stuff, some really nutty stuff in the 70s, too, but kind of cool. And then it got all like conservative and crazy and Christian right in the in the 80s, you know, and it's like it just goes back and forth. And the next wave seems to kind of be, you know, pushed by, you know. Uh, the reaction seems to be pushed by the intensity of the wave pushing it, you know? So the collective consciousness of just like the collective consciousness that encircles most of the earth right now is yucky, man. 
It's distasteful and fearful and panic-filled and confusion and uncertainty and paranoia to the extreme and anger and like all that stuff is like circling around and it's it's the it's the energy that we walk out into. So certainly from a personal level learn to shield yourself up really good and keep that energy off of you learn to really you know the grounding scenario all that's all those things i've like been doing yakking about those lessons for all those years i mean those are the tools that come in handy for keeping your personal space good and then once you're like have your personal space your inner space is is good and you're expanding on that you will connect to other people and you will influence other people and that spreads and i think we're seeing some of the results of that at least i am around around where i actually live and around uh, you know some other people that i know in different parts of the country and and uh, i think that the way to make sure that happens is just to keep pushing that you know it sounds really hokey but that positive energy that flow out of you that genuine like wow you know where you walk into a room and people want to come near because there's there's something they're they're sensing that you know is different and and those things make a difference you know i think at this point everybody is so fucking sick of everyone talking thinking that their opinion is the way to make things happen and wagging fingers and telling everybody how to live and what to do and what to do right i mean every single commercial here is some like lecture or banging on you man it's just it's insane every movie every everything it's just like ah, you know and like uh, an intellectual argument is now it's like you make a statement. No, it isn't. You're an asshole. You're a racist. You know, it's like it goes to that zone. So I think that the keeping it just pure and as as bright and stable as you can make your energy, that that has significant effect on immediate people and populations too and as that starts to spread the collective consciousness will change as well and it'll go to a, a much more elevated place it, it will happen it's it, it's already in the works of happening but you know the pendulum swings slow and uh you know it's been it's going on uh eight ten years now of, of kind of like craziness now you know it's about it's not quite at the center yet but it's getting there slowly but surely i don't know if that answered your question i keep hammering on the same point but uh, yeah but you it's know the, the, it's the point it really I is. like to say you know if the if they can repeat lies uh, all the time you know then the truth deserves to be repeated just as well and must be exactly repeated. And of course, the good example that comes to mind, and I was never able to independently verify this, but of course, there have been these studies about people meditating and crime rates going down, you know? And now of let's course. imagine people are not just meditating, but actually acting out of love, you know, for themselves and their fellow 
uh, men um, that can be, you know, and is great energy, you know, anywhere and in any way I ever experience it. I mean, you know, for me, it's already been decided, you know, Alia Yakta Est, you know, the dices have been cast and, uh, you know, the devil shall be cast out, uh, not because I at least don't love him, but just because we've mixed up the hierarchy a little bit on this <laughs> level of, you know, density. So, yeah. Well, he doesn't get to be in control. He can be around, but he can't run it. <laughs> Balance, please. <laughs> yes, please. Precisely. Yeah. So, Jim, you said that you changed your your perspective from uh, maybe being paranoid to being uh, disinterested, or how would you describe that? I mean, I have Sun, Moon, and Gemini and Chiron, so my wound, if you want to put it that way, is like indecisive mentality. And I think with pr being presented lots of data, it makes it very hard for me because I tend not to. Uh, <laughs> I tend to disassociate, not get in. Uh, there's been times in my life where I'm like, hell, hell yeah, I'm doing all these meditations, I'm in the zone, I'm, you know, getting off the light, nothing can fucking touch me. Um, I am not in that place right now. I'm not in a bad place, it's just kind of one of these things where it feels like Chinese water torture. I'm just like, this is getting old, and that's why I've been like watching documentaries and trying to distract myself well enough. It feels like... Why don't you do your deck? Oh, I, I, uh, I was doing a deck with a Fred, but uh, I don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> and my fiance is like, don't talk to her. So, so do your deck. own deck. I could, I could. It's weird. It's one of these, I think in any kind of magician situation, like there's wet times and dry times. And it's not like bone dry, but like I've been like the magic, when I feel the magic is when I'm on psychedelics lately. I had taken a year off of tripping until July. And then I ate acid a few times and mushrooms once. Um, and, and it's sucks because I could tell how much higher I'm vibrating and I'm just like, Oh shit. Like, it's just so clear. I'm like, Oh, these are the destructive behaviors and I don't need to think about that. And I just get in this place, but it maintaining that, even though I, I probably should be exercising more, honestly. Um, yeah, it might have a lot to do with it. <laughs> like just blood and, flowing and I, you know, everybody's different. Uh, but the psychedelics for me at this point are no longer expanding. They're kind of constricting. They close down my vision now instead of expanding it, which is sad but cool. <laughs> you don't need a palantir. You don't need a palantir. Um, no, I, it, it still feels, you know, when I do that shit, I'm like, holy cow, I'm in Mario Star mode. But like, it's it's very different. Um, but I think it's, it needs to be respected. You can't just dwell there. And it's almost selfish to do that all the time. I mean, it's just, you, it's hard to function just always on drugs. Like what's baseline. Anyway, um, I'm not paranoid. I think I was much more paranoid probably, like, like I said, a year ago or something when I was listening to more QAnon. I wasn't listening to QAnon people personally, but like that was more in the rhetoric of what's going on. Uh, just because, yeah, it's interesting to see how um, committed to perspectives people can be. Um and if I think that sways me, I mean, I do have, I mean, I get into astrological justifications a lot. So I'm like, Oh, I'm a Gemini, Sun, Moon, Chiron. I get distracted easily or I'm a Mars, Mercury conjunct in 12th house. So I feel collective things and sense collective things. And I think I identify them as my own without realizing it's not. <laughs> so like, I don't do any shielding. Uh, I don't, I don't even think about that. Usually I should probably start that up. 
Um, then you're wearing that shit full strength every day. No wonder you're yeah, like yeah. in a fucked up zone. <laughs> it feels like um, Schindler's List. Like I've just fallen into a shithole and I'm like covered in shit. Um, but it's not my shit. That's how it feels. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm doing all I can to hold my vibe and hold my hope. But it, it feels like just a collective tsunami of fear. I mean, it's like it is what it is. So it's like, what are you going to do? What is that? Sheila Jeet or something? <laughs> It's a tsunami of fear. What are you gonna do? You're gonna shield the fuck up, man. You put a that? you put an overcoat on before you go out in the blizzard. I mean, right so trained. I was not protected. It sucked. <laughs> individually, I mean, I also like dressing up when it's really cold outside because I really don't like the cold and stuff like this. Um, I also really like the perspective uh, which Bashar often reiterates, which is the idea of protection invites attack. So what I just um, suggest potentially is even in protecting yourself not necessarily thinking about all the bad scenarios that could happen but just in terms of an idea of self-love and self-respect you know that can go a long way and is a shielding in itself here the logic would be that if you actually vibrate on a different frequency bandwidth then much of the bad stuff let's say or the lower frequency stuff simply cannot find you because you're literally existing on another level of existence in a self in another frequency and those things that don't match you know uh what you put out is what you get back and like vibration to like vibration they will not uh, affect you at least not in the same way and why i'm uh, bringing out this which is not shila in this case but um noble shungite is maybe you want to briefly mention that brian the tests you did because i think uh, many people listening would also find that highly interesting oh yeah that's really that's why i really, got it really and, great mineral yeah, and just one more sentence. I actually gave it to a few friends, and it just I got it from a dear friend, uh, like, you know, very high quality, pretty big one, let's say. And I just put it in the hands of a few friends. I was just like, oh, have you ever seen something like this? Here you go, take it. And, you know, some, I mean, I have cool friends, of course, you know, but some were started meditating. Another friend just took it, and he was like, oh, this is, I can feel like something is happening and so on. And I was like, interesting, people resonate pretty much with that and maybe you want to explain the let's say materialist scientific part of it as well because many sure yeah I, yeah i love this um i love this uh mineral um what it does is it um acts as a real shield against electromagnetic energy uh, or and microwave energy which your cell phone and the, everything digital is every smart device, everything is emanating an electromagnetic field. Um, you know, this is a whole probably topic for another show, but um, you know, the, the degree of uh, bombardment that our bodies are taking uh, when things were at 4G, much less than 5G, it's like so over the top now, um, that I went looking for ways of shielding uh, that energy away from me and um, one of those uh, ways was I bought some electromagnetic uh, blocking paint and painted the inside of my bedroom so that when I'm in sleep and my most receptive state, I'm not receiving. Uh, I'm, it's probably not zero, but it's way, 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 way less. And the great thing about the Shungite is I keep a small piece uh, uh, with me. And um, it, it'll block the electromagnetic uh, frequencies around your body. Um, right 
uh, this is a couple years ago, the Super Bowl was coming down here. Uh, I live in Miami and they were going to uh, blast out and get the, the, uh, the stadium all set up for 5G so they could have this big rollout of that stuff. So um, a, my uh, really good friend and a, and a cohort in crime came over and he has uh, electromagnetic uh, meters and and we did a test with me just right outside my house in my garden and um you know it was like well up over a hundred and we uh i put the shungite in my pocket and waited five minutes and we did it again and it was down like in six six five something like that it was a crazy reduction in the electromagnetic field that was all around me that so would be like 95% reduction or even more or something. It really like, did. Yeah. yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's a really great, uh, that those, those, those frequencies are so detrimental to humans and it, it causes genetic um, uh, distortions and mutations. Um, it lowers testosterone in males. It has all kinds of mental uh, uh, side effects, ranging from uh, memory loss to uh, motivational loss to depressions and like so many different things uh, mentally and emotionally. And those that you know those those get affected by those. Uh, Let me microwaves really very, hard. You know, wait, one more thing. You yeah. know, five five G originally that technology was developed as a weapon for for the United States government. And uh, you know, back before they started censoring everything, the guy, one of the guys that was actually the developer of that, you know, was giving a whole uh, lecture on the fact that that's what that was originally designed to do to kill people and they've like now like modified it so that it just carries signals you know and one of the bad things about the 5g scenario as opposed to the 4g scenario is in the 4g scenario the wavelengths are were way much longer very very long so the towers didn't need to be so close together well the 5g bandwidth uh, the waves are very close together and short, so they don't project nearly as far. So there's like quadrupled the amount of 5G towers. You know, they're everywhere now. So where the the 4G towers, there used to be areas where it uh, the levels of electromagnetic energy uh, diminished. You know, now it's just like this blanket of 5g goo not good so get the shungite the other great thing about it is usually you go to get crystals or something and they're, they're really freaking expensive man and the shungite you can get at a very 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 low cost you can get it from amazon a bunch of different places you know i've never really bought any crystals from amazon but even from some of the other places it's a really inexpensive mineral I and saw some. Vibe? I mean, can you, get, can you put it in your water, or is it not like that? I don't is know it? that you would well, want you don't, to put it in you your don't, water. You, well, you don't drink it. Uh, and I also want to mention there's a few 
cool sellers even on eBay that's uh, you know you can look at their profiles and see what they're up to if, if you want to buy from them or not what's very cheap can be very cheap there is to buy splinters and these you actually do put in your water especially for noble shungite although you can also use normal shungite and you put them in your water and it's not only that most likely they will reduce any of this type of electromagnetic input into the water, which we know can store this kind of energy as information within it and its formation, but actually uh, having it in the water also increases the fullerenes within the water and has some other beneficial effects that are not just, you know, energetic maybes, but can also be proven, I assume, by measuring the voltage of the water and different other factors and how it is organizing itself. So can be highly recommended actually to put it in water and overall just you know like a great a great and very powerful tool i would say yeah it really is yes and what i wanted to mention just uh, as you said with the frequency and the measurement even just to have it in the back of your mind like i'm feeling down and so on of course primarily you know it's your own choice your own state of being but we know you're connected to your body and there's lots of inputs you know what you eat and all of that but also certainly what frequency you yourself exhibit and also what kind of terrain of frequency you embed yourself in and if it's you know plenty of 5g towers and you're completely unshielded then it may be great to have that as an idea at least oh you know radiation poisoning basically you know that's maybe why i feel you know demotivated and so on and it's of course not always super extreme and very easily identifiable but it is certainly a cofactor that should be noted because only when we know of all the potential factors we can actually do things you know to improve our health where then again makes lots of sense when people say just go into the forest yeah well why because maybe there's bad reception and there's plenty of trees and there's a completely different you know network available there yeah um i i i would love to share one more little bit of tidbit i've been wanting to talk to tell jim about this since our very first part of this conversation um i'd love to share with you uh some uh, exercises out of uh, uh, a Japanese uh, energy school called Jinshin Jitsu. And this is the most effective uh, thing I've ever run into with the least amount of effort. As a matter of fact, if you did any less effort, you would be doing absolutely nothing. And, and what this basically uh, plays off the premises is that we are uh, a flowing electrical net and that at different times we get uh, blockages in certain areas, an emotional blockage, we're worried about something, we're really angry about something, and that those things keep energy from flowing and make us feel out of balance. And that's uh, the core and seed of letting that fester and grow into something that's unmanageable. So there are these finger exercises, and this is the totality of the exercise. You hold your first finger in, your, in, your, in the palm of your hand like this, right? And, and sit there for 10 minutes. And each one of those fingers relates to a specific emotion. Like your, your index finger is fear, your, uh, your middle finger is anger. These all relate to different organs and energy centers in your body as well. Your, uh, your, your ring finger is worry. Um, 
And then to balance all of those together, you can, you put your hand, let's see here, hold on. You put your thumb in the, in the center of your hand like that, hold, hold the back of your hand like that. And then, and then grab your, grab your uh, thumb and hold that. And that balances all of those things. I've got a really great PDF I'll be happy to send you if you're at all interested in doing it. But dude, you can sit there and you can sit there and watch documentaries and do it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to concentrate on it, although that doesn't hurt. Um, and it really is I, I use this on a daily basis. It's part of my everyday reflexology, it seems i mean i know your feet have things like this but like I, is this like mudras but i mean it's not like mudras. well it's a whole it's a whole it's one of my core group uh scenarios where's my book uh okay i'll i'll maybe i'll i'll show that to you next time but it's part of a whole system called jensen jitsu and it's like there are all these pressure points they're mudras they're uh these safety energy locks where you can heal things the guy that designed this was a roaring drunk and uh, he had just gone off into the woods and was had gotten very, very sick and was dying. And he had this epiphany while he was in the woods and developed a system and healed himself. And, and he lived for a very, very long time and taught a great number of people that have, uh, that, that use this technique to great effect. And, um, you know, you rarely, we talk about like putting up the, the, the entry fee, you know, I mean, come on, come on, come on. Can't get any easier, you know? So I pass that one along cause it's one of my favorites. Yeah. No, that seems to be effective. I'm, I'm always fascinated how like little help. I mean, who comes up with, who's the first one to cook an egg? Like somebody, you know, somebody's like, this is edible. We could do this. It's like, it's funny. He got this, he got this from meditating and going into the woods and, and blessing his death and receiving light yeah. that changed, that changed his course. And, you know, I would imagine his allies showed up and, and helped pour some of the stuff into him, but it's a really viable system. I, I love it. I can dig it. Um, I'm yeah, done. I'll, 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 I'm sure Raphael will try it out. Raphael's in good shape, more or less. I think. I for some reason I've been just bombarded by like doubt. Like it's more self. I have this. I this is under my pillow. You know, maybe he that's shields why. himself up, buddy. You hey, know, where's the condom? He, he <laughs> shields himself up. Man. It's not some hip hop tropes about like you know nuts. You know, don't bitch, don't kill my vibe. You know, something along those lines. <laughs> You know, if you if you'll start taking care of yourself like that, you'll feel so much better, Jim. I mean, the goo out there is so thick, it's so palpable, you could cut it with a knife. So why go dive into the cesspool, you know, without a dive suit, you know? <laughs> it just it's just, just no reason not to. And it feels really good, you know? Using that energy Ah, that's when I feel my most alive. That's what's up. I forgot you lived outside of Miami. That, I mean, clearly, uh, cocaine is more popular there. So I was like, that makes sense that you had a history of that. Um, 
Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? I mean, we, we haven't talked much about your cards. I'll, I mean, you know, I'd like to ask you a favor. Um, when I get the printed decks, maybe you guys could uh, indulge me and and show them off. I have a couple stories about that too. You know, I I did in six weeks the amount of work I did in three years. And, and it wasn't just that it was a lot of physical work. I went, when I was working on the manual for the tarot deck, you know, I went and channeled the archetypes again, like, but not like one a day, like one right after another. And the angel deck, man, the angel deck, I channeled all of those angels and did the readings, uh, edited the readings, like in four days, one right after another, man. And it, it was such a compressed, intense uh, experience. It was it was mind boggling, cool, and uh, really a. It it took all of that time and kind of made it into its own little movie at that at that zone. So in a way, it was kind of like it got reborn. It didn't just get republished. It got mm. re reborn. And that, like all my light painting techniques that I've like uh, worked on over the past year for making the things crisp and really beautiful and poppy, I like applied those to the decks too. And like especially the angel deck looks like a brand new deck. Mm. I'm like. Wow, that's wish I hadn't awesome. bought them now. Wish I bought them now. <laughs> now you'll get, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get a set, my brother. No worries. Um, no, I. Uh, are you still working on that third deck? I am. What's up with that? Um, it's finished, but I'm okay. not going to blast blast it out. Right. You it's know, still, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get this, get get this happening, get some momentum going on that, and. And then, uh, and then blast out the, the, the other decks. I've got that, a Mudra deck, and, a, and an Affirmation deck ready to go. And then That's just the for problem. housekeeping purposes, <clears throat> anyhow, your main website link will be right there. But do you already have launched or are about to launch an Indiegogo campaign or something? I am, I am. I am. That'll be launching on Saturday. And, uh, you know, people will be able to get, uh, get a deck at a, at a, at a very good price. And, uh, like the first 50 of them will be signed and numbered and and you get both decks and a two-hour reading and there, there's a lot of good little perks involved in it too that's a good so, little bundle yeah yeah uh, i'm glad that the creepy baby project has maybe helped fund this or however that's working yeah but it seems like you got some pistons firing yeah um, glad that you're in good health yeah, I mean, I, Rafa would say nobody's dying, but I'm just like, it's, I, I'm just like, oh, I'm glad you're around still. Like, I me too, me so, too. <laughs> I count my blessings every morning when I wake yeah. up. Wow, another one, awesome. <laughs> I made it. Uh, you know, I outlived my father by ten years, dude. Dang. That's kind of crazy. I outlived my mother cool. by five years. Crazy. Entering new magical space for your lineage. Yeah. It seems. Uh, but Brian, you're always a treat. Your mind is great. Uh, your magic is palpable. I'm a little flat today because I woke up like before dawn and just went hard all day. So I'm a little brain dead. But we'll have to get you back on here. Um, I won't do Coke, but I'll drink some caffeine or something. Like <laughs> uh, yes, please. No yeah. Coke. This oh, not you, <laughs> I, I hate this stuff. Like literally, the one thing I've ever 
Oh, I need another line. Exactly. Like I'm a stoner zombie where I would be like, I'm not high, I'm not high, and then I'd like pass out. But this stuff was just like it was a black hole of it was just it was stupid. I, I, I imagine people who aren't confident and talkative need it, if that makes sense. But I'm pretty talkative and pretty confident, so I didn't need it, and it just kind of like Well, I don't know about you, it made me gregarious and outgoing at first. And I'd, I'd like to go out and party, but as I sunk deeper into it and was doing more and more and more, I isolated, man, and I didn't want to be around. And I, I, you know, it's like, it just changed the whole nature of it. It's, it's so stopped being fun. As a matter of fact, right before I quit, uh, I was living in an apartment on a golf course. And this is after like a six day binge where I had, I had, I had scoured the carpet near where the table was looking for little flakes that had fallen really? off, you know. I'm oh. So I'm standing in front of the sink and there's a window right there. And I'm just like, oh, please, man, I feel so bad. Just please, man, please give me a sign I can quit. And right then a golf ball like shattered the fucking window right in front of me. It fell down in the sink. That's the sign. <laughs> I still did That's it once more. <laughs> oh, well. Dumb, stubborn bastard that I am. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, it happened. We're humans. We're fine. We're I feel it, immensely grateful that I got to kick it, though, man, because I, I lost a number of friends to that. That and the Oxys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched uh, Ken Burns' jazz series the other day, binge that, and um, like Char- uh, Charlie Parker. He got he was a junkie at 17. He died at like 35 or something like that. But it's like just some of these people's lives, I'm like, how were they functional? I don't I mean they weren't really, but Miles Davis locked himself in a room for a week and was just like, I'm done. Um, but he, he, I was looking at people's charts. It's like, oh shit, I could see this. Like I think uh Charlie Parker had like Jupiter and maybe like something else in Pisces, which is like addiction. It's like big addictions, yeah, of course. Miles Davis is like an Aries. Sun and Gemini, um, Moon and Scorpio, but like an, a bunch of Aries energy. So it's like I think it was a lot of first house energy or something. So it's like, of course, he's just going to be like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> you know, like will it or whatever. Anyway, um, go ahead if you wanted to say something. I was just going to say all those bad choices. Though I don't really beat myself up on them because they fuel making good ones now mm. or better ones. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, the pendulum has to swing. I mean, at least we know how the other half live, I guess, and. Can yeah, respect it at a distance or something. Um, definitely, it's yeah, good to like, know uh, what you don't want in order to be able to recognize exactly what you do. On the road of excess or whatever, it's like yeah, it's yeah. there's certain things that we don't need in life, uh, but they're there. It's it's a weird cornucopia of experience out here. Um, but yeah, let's not push cocaine on Team Rabbit Hole. I'm not into it. You're going, you guys aren't into it. Rafael doesn't give a shit. Uh, it's so funny. He only drank like alcohol a few times in his life. I'm like, bro, you're lucky. Well, like, I drank a few more times, but yeah. really get drunk maybe three times. Yeah, but yeah. then I was like, there's nothing there, you know. And alcohol is oh. just as bad as cocaine. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It really is. And I've lost more really good relationships to alcohol. I lost the love of my life to Jack Daniels. As a matter of fact. Um. I've I've always wondered like how many kingdoms have fallen to vodka <laughs> or you know like Russia or whatever. It's like this stuff. Vodka. <laughs> world. 
Um, hopefully the paradigm starts shifting because I just read, I, I haven't done ayahuasca still, but somebody was saying micro uh, in laboratory small doses of DMT, like not like psychedelic doses, like small whatever amounts caused brain neurogenesis, like 40% new brain cells to grow. I'm like, well, that's not what alcohol does. So, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, Anyone yeah. surprised why this is not promoted on, you know, evening primetime <laughs> TV? <laughs> But Jack Daniels, maybe. See, but my fiance yeah, is right. part of an agenda. She's like, oh, everyone's legalizing weed. And I mean, it's a little paranoid, but she's like, that just opens portals we don't need more, essentially. Like, I mean, it's great that mushrooms are decriminalized, I guess, in Colorado or Denver. And it's great that weed is. It's certainly weed. also always part of the agenda because if you're completely unstable and, and you know, whatever, and you do that, you can portal yourself into an even worse, you know, brain F reality. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but this, I would say a bit of a different case. Um, yeah. so yeah, there's certainly an agenda part as with almost anything that happens these oh. days, but it doesn't mean that just as with anything else, we can use it very positively and effectively. And yeah, the neurogenesis part on, honestly doesn't surprise me too much, but, uh, good to know. <laughs> I'll keep that one. I in guess mind. There's a, if we had to fight off zombies, a lot of Coke would do well. Uh, you know, or something like that. There's a place for it, I guess. Peruvian marching powder, right? Well, or you let them smoke DMT and they become human again, you know? <laughs> Neurogenesis? I don't know, you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, crazy. You know. well, we don't need to always talk about drugs. I'm kind of phasing out of that in my life, but they're still part of there. But it's, it's just fascinating. I'm like, what, what are we? What are we doing? We're just little laboratories that fuck up our own laboratories and have effects. It's crazy. Have you ever read uh, The Center of the Cyclone by John C. Lilly? No, but he's the dolphin acid guy, right? Highly recommended. Yeah. We'll look for the PDF as we speak. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll, like, I'll read that. Um, for sure. I haven't really done much research on him and stuff. I've just heard him passing a lot. But I'll, uh, the center of the hurricane? Center of the cyclone. Like, John, John C. Lilly. Right. Center. I'll put it in center of the cyclone, and I'll look for this in a minute when I'm done. Uh, any parting thoughts? I don't want to hold you up too late. I know Raphael's, I mean, he's a night owl now, but, uh, he, he looks like he's ready to. No, I'm getting ready to go out and go light paint. <laughs> really? nice. yeah, we've got to do an episode on that because that's something that, uh, I've seen. And I think is probably, um, yeah, some age of Aquarius shit for sure. It's dope. It really uh, is. Well, yeah, anyone... the light, the light painting, like. I, I finally, after 60 years, have found my medium because what I can produce now with my with my actually painting with light most closely emulates the energetic world that I see. And and I can now start like sharing that with other people and going, yeah, man, here's what I do. Oh. Yeah, it's great. So I'd I'd love to I'd love to do a piece on that yeah i'm screen share some of it because i guess now we can see it like this yeah, or yeah you know, there you go. anyone watching team rabbit hole on the video version or even just seeing the covers most of the covers in the last months at least have yeah, yeah, yeah. been slightly modified uh, brian of laura light paintings mostly so, <laughs> wizard of odd yeah. brian of laura he says <laughs> i know you're going with that brian of laura is definitely your wizard name um, we'll get you back on here soon. Thanks for giving us your time. Any kind of parting thoughts? No, just uh, be good to yourselves and be good to each other and spew out the light, baby. Right. Have fun with the light art session. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon, dude. Thanks awesome. a lot, guys. Always a pleasure.
Talk to you soon. Sure, Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening.